0: There are so many things that has been tagged wordly. Some of y'all, or let me say some of us, has been said to that we're worldly. And we have heard, don't be like the word, just like the Bible says, do not be conformed to the things of the world. So what is this thing called worldly? Are we actually getting it right as we should, or we are going overboard? This is this conversation we don't have. Hey family, my name is Tinola and you are welcome to this Convo podcast where we talk, learn and dissect some crucial topics as Christians, not based on our preferences but based on the word of God. We aim to shed more light, grow in knowledge and deepen in wisdom. Do settle down, listen and enjoy. hey guys how are we doing today good morning good afternoon good evening anytime you're listening to me um i am so sorry that i didn't record last month so i am back again and uh, yes anyways i don't know what to say but i apologize for not recording last month and today we are talking about this topic called this thing called what do you get this thing called worldly and um i know that we've heard this a lot like a lot of people say that ah this is what he thinks to do like in your they we say that and you understand like those are the things of the world those are the children of the world and everything so what does it mean to be worldly like what is this thing called worldly sometimes it even looks like we don't even know again like we can't even distinguish it we can't even distinct it but like a lot of people say that um, as you as Christians our life is supposed to be different and everything I'm like what is worldly what is what is a Christian image what should be our Christian image and what is worldly and for me what I've discovered is that all in a bit distinct from the world we have created a definition of distinction in another way and in the best in the best way our minds could define and figure out distinction rather than, what distinction means and how it occurs so the world the world in this context you know there are different ways you could use the world we could use the word in general saying that the world you get the world the planet and everything and um, the universe and all but the world in this context in the christian context in a bible context is not the people that we're referring to. It's not the people that compromises of the world that we live in, that we're we're referring to. The world is what is in the heart of people, like the source, its system, the culture, the ways, the way way it's manifest. That is what the world means. And um, the world system comprises of three things. We will not be talking about the three things. I might not be explaining the three things today. Probably sometimes in our podcast, I might have to go deeper into those three things. But based on the word of God, based on First um, John chapter 2, verse 15 to 17, which I will read the, um, the Bible verse later. But the word system comprises of three things, which are the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life the manifestation of the sinful desires that we have in a book of galatians galatians or in the book of galatians that we could read of are all categorized into these three things we can divide all those sinful desires or um, the sinful pleasures into these three categories of the world system so this is what comprises of the world this is the culture of the world this is the way of the world the lust of the eyes the lust of the flesh and the pride of life and so i would like to read that first John chapter two verse fifteen to seventeen, and I will be reading the message translation. We says, "Don't love the world's ways. Don't love the world's goods. Love of the love of the world squeezes out love for the Father. Practically, everything that goes on in the world, wanting your own way, wanting everything for yourself, wanting to appear important, has nothing to do with the Father. It just isolates you from Him." The world and all its wanting, wanting, wanting is on the way out. But whoever does what God wants is set for eternity. So for you know that sometimes message translation uses a sim, um, simpler words for us to understand. So this lust of the flesh is what um, the message translation defined as wanting your own way, wanting your own way. Lust of the eyes is wanting everything for yourself and pride of life is one thing to appear important basically for the loss of the flesh and the loss of the eyes the major word that's there is lost and that is where the difference is the loss of the flesh the loss of the eyes and the loss and the pride of life why does lost look like love you know there there are times that let's say in relationship we've been we, we've we've confused love someone loving us to someone lusting after us so it, it's Probably like took a while before you understood that. Okay, this is the difference between love and loss, but it looks similar why how can we distinguish it the only way we could distinguish love from lust is sauce the source. what is the difference between normal sexual desires and perversion god has placed desires in our hearts god god placed the sexual desires in our heart so there's no amount of prayer that you can pray to god that god take away these desires that god is going to take away these to the sexual desires are part of you so but what distinguishes it from perversion is it that we are going to say that no you're not meant to have sexual desires sexual desires are the same no but what makes it seen is the perversion that that um, that comes that comes um with it and why how does it get to the point of perversion? What's what's the difference between normal sexual desires and perversion? It is actually the source. You will know the source when you check what your heart chases on. So much, so much definition of Christianity. Or godliness goes into the physical, what we can see more, or what is within more than what is within. So much, so much definition of Christianity or godliness goes into the physical, what we can see more than what is within. We are quick to change what we can see in people like we, we we it's very easy for us to say that ah, this person is not a christian and we want to change what this person does it is very easy for us to tell this person to tell someone that okay this is not what you're meant to do because those are the things that we can see physically those are the things that we could see manifest in people and the, in the bid to change what we can see, we forget the source, and that is where we are missing things out. We leave out the source, and we 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 are all about what we can see. We leave out where that the, um, the the manifestation or the act is coming from. We want to change the act, but we're not ready to change where the source of the act, act is coming from. So and we see that a lot of work has been put into this. Like, There's so much work, there's so much preaching, you're not meant to be like this, you're not meant to do like this. Even for parents raising children, you've preached and preached and preached that, oh, your life is not meant to you're not meant to do this, this is wrong for you to do and everything. But at later you discover that they still decide to go the way that they want to go. So what is the problem? Why does it look like everything that we're doing is not working? Why does it look like everything we are trying to put in place is not just it's not just right and we are confused we don't know what to do and most of the time the way it looks like is someone trying to change the color of water so let's say you have a reservoir and water you have a tap or reservoir and water is coming out you have the intention of changing the color of the water from white or from transparent to something else probably yellow to red or something and you had paints that you're pouring you would be doing so many wrong if you are pouring the paint as the water comes out from the tap like as the water rushes out you're pouring the paint what you continue to discover is that the more the water comes out the more you get the same color that you're trying to change you still keep getting this the the um the previous color and it just looks like it's only the things that has gone out that Has changed color because those are the things that are affected with the color with the paint that you are pouring. And but what if we are going to do it right? If we want to really change the color of the water, what we are meant to do is to pour the paint into the reservoir, is to pour the paint into the reservoir where the source is. That is what we're supposed to do. So, a lot of people. Uh, we we so many christians want to change one want, wants to wants want people to change from 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 worthiness to godliness but what we do is we are so particular about the act and we forget the source we leave out the source and we are just like someone who is trying to pour paint on the water coming out from the tap instead of going down to the source where the water is stored and pour the paint into into the reservoir where the water is is stored we want people to look a certain way before we And say that they are Christians. And it looks as if that is failing us in our work today because it looks like what you think is Christianity is all Christianity. Again, you today you see someone who is on who is on fire for Christ, and before you know it, before you know it, you see them do probably dress in a certain way, and you're confused. This was the same person that blessed you yesterday, and you're confused that. God, i can't balance this life i can't balance the way this person is stressing to what I, I i i the encounters i had with this person yesterday from this person ministering to me yesterday and we are so confused we we so many has been led into con, um, confusion because we cannot distinguish um what godliness is from worldliness. again we keep attacking the wrong things and we keep failing we find out that in the Bible, in, uh, in the Bible, when the, um, the church, in the days of Peter and the days of Paul, when, when they are building churches in different areas, there is something that is common that the apostles do. The apostles try; they travel from places to places, and one of the things they do is to teach the people. When people give their lives to Christ in a certain in a certain environment, they spend their time to teach them. In Antioch, that. People were first called Christians after the persecution of Stephen. People were first called Christians. Years were spent into teaching these people who they are supposed to be, who they are meant to be, what this Christian life is all about. Today, we find out that less is put into teaching for transformation and more is put into trying to change a person so that they can fit into our image. We do not bother ourselves so much about someone getting transformed, But we are just all about immediately you give your life to Christ. This is how you should look. This is what you should do. So much is being placed into that and we're shooting the wrong shots. We're we're, um, shooting bullets, but we are targeting at the wrong things. And it looks as if we are missing our target. It looks as if we keep on shooting so many bullets, but we're not getting what we want to get. The image of how a Christian should look like, how Christianity should be, is not what you have in your mind. It is what God has in mind. And we can only know what God has in mind through the process of transformation. We need to know that we are coming from a certain life, from a certain way of living into another way. When we talk about being born again, we we talk about transformation. In Romans chapter 12, verse 2, it says that do not be conformed. I'm not reading from the Bible, so I'm just paraphrasing in my mind. It says that do not be conformed to the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. I believe that if Christians of today are to rewrite the Bible, that verse will be like, do not be conformed to the world, but be like this when you dress, be like this when you talk, be like this when you take actions, that you may be able to prove to the world the perfect will of God. And for what the Bible defines is that, do not be conformed to the world. How can you not be conformed to the world? By being transformed by the renewing of your mind. It didn't come with rules and regulations of what you should do and what you should not do. But it comes with transformation of your mind. That is how you prove the perfect, the perfect, the acceptable will of God. This is how we prove to the world. This is how we show to the world. This is how we, we, we distinct ourselves from the world by the transformation of our mind. What I've discovered is that as Christians today, we have developed coping mechanisms against the desires of the flesh by our do's and don'ts instead of being free from it. And I have discovered that as Christians, we have developed a coping mechanism against the desires of the flesh instead of being free from it. Now, for example, why would I be enticed? I I, I, I remember that I'm not a man, so yes, that is put in place. but this also relates to so many other things, but I'm just using this as an example because it's what we see, and it's one of the one 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 of the ways, like one of the things that we deal with so much in our dates today. So. The question is, why would I be enticed by someone who's dressing in promiscuous ways? Now, I am not trying to justify dressing prom- promiscuously or trying to support that. No, I believe in being fashionable and being modest. You don't have to be naked to be to be fashionable. So I believe in that. But I'm just trying to lay an example. And we, the truth is, we live we live in a world with diverse culture, with diverse um um, with, um diverse culture. Differences and definition. So, why would that make me fall? It is because we are not free totally from the desires of the sinful flesh. I know the message translation puts this verse, this Romans 6 11 to 14. It says, From now on, think of it this way sin speaks a dead language that means nothing to you. God speaks your mother language and you hang on every word. You are dead to sin and alive to God. That's what Jesus did. That means you must not give sin a vote in the way you conduct your lives. Don't give it the time of day. Don't even run little errands that are connected with that old way of life. Throw yourselves all-heartedly and full-time. Remember you've been raised from the dead into God's way of doing things. Sin can't tell you how to live. After all, you are not living under that old tyranny any longer. You are living in the freedom of God. I love the part where it says that sin speaks a dead language that means nothing to you. God speaks your modern language. Now, just imagine if someone is trying to call you to get your attention, but he is speaking the language that you do not understand. As long as the person is not using ants to beckon on you, but what you can only hear is the voice and everything but you the person is speaking a language that you cannot understand there is no way you would be attracted or you will be your attention is going to be caught because you do not understand that language that language is dead to you you do not you can not you can't hear it that is the same thing when we're totally dead to flesh when we're totally dead to sin the the calling or the the um, the, the um uh, what's the name the attractions of sinful desires would mean nothing to us it would serve as a dead language to us because it is not our mother language any longer it is not what we understand so if the the world would still be what it is and the world will continue to grow wild when you get the world will continue to grow wild so what we've, dis- what, we- what we've put up as Christians is copy mechanism of telling people that Christians cannot do this. Christians cannot do that. For you to be a Christian, you have to do this. We need to grow up. Our copy mechanism is crumbling day by day. And we have clashes with what we've been used to and what the definition of, the definition of image of Christianity right now to what we're seeing now. For others to help you live a godly life, you have to take living a godly life by yourself. You have to take the responsibility of living a godly life by yourself, irrespective of what the world is saying around you. You have to, when you're dead to sin, when you're dead to flesh, you 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 become known to what the what the, what the sinful desires or what the sinful what what our fleshy desires would want to throw at us. The world will continue to grow wild, and so many. Things will be happening and it's not like the world is going to get better for us to be able to live in as christians the world will continue to grow like crazy yes let me use that word the world will continue to grow crazy so what should we do the only way we can live is not to develop coping mechanism on how people should live so that it could help our lives but we should grow up and become Ooh, and 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 we should grow up and be transformed. That everything that might happen around us does not affect us any longer because our focus has changed. Because our the the, the language that we understand is not the language of, the, of of the flesh again, but it's the language of God and. When we talk about distinction from the world, distinction from the world is not isolation. Like God has not called us to isolate ourselves away from the world. Jesus' prayers for the disciples in John chapter 17 is like one of my favorite verse of the Bible, one of my favorite chapters of the Bible. I love that prayer. And I would like to read verse 15 from, uh, in John chapter 17, reading the, um, the Passion Translation. It says that, I am not asking you to remove them from the world, but I ask you to guard their hearts from evil. Christ does not have plans of isolating us from the world, but only requested that we be kept from evil, that we be kept from the devil, from attacking us. He has called us to live in this world. That verse looks like, oh, you are breaking Like, Christ is trying to break so many things like, Christ, you're leaving us. I, 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 I kind of like want to like picture how the disciples felt when they were listening to that prayer. You know, it was like, Christ, you're going, Jesus, you're leaving us. I am telling the Father not to take us from this world. We want to follow you. We want to be where you are. But Jesus Christ said, no, I'm not praying that the Father will take you out of this world, but I'm praying that the Father will keep you. this world the biggest way to distinct worldliness from godliness is the source when christ says that he is not of this world he's talking about the source like he's saying that he's not his source is not from the things of this world it's not from this world when we talk about being born again we talk about a change in source when we want to see a real christian image let's talk about the source we will have less stress when we teach people the word of god the word is the base of a Christian life. The word is the only truth, the only foundation we can build our image upon. If the image of Christianity or the way we have always think about Christians should look, the way we've always thought that Christians should look, has been crumbling, we should ask what foundation have we built this image upon. When we say God is not the author of confusion, it means that whatever He says is the same in the East, the South, the North, and the West, irrespective of the difference. And the only way that what God says, the only thing that remains constant is the truth, the word of God. Jesus said in the same John chapter 17, verse 17, I will read the Amplified Version. He says, sanctify them, purify, consecrate, separate them for yourself, make them holy by the truth your word is truth. God did, Christ didn't say make them holy by what they do. He says make them holy by the truth. Make them only by the truth. Your word is truth. The only base, the only foundation that we can build a Christian image upon is the truth of the word. It's the truth. It's the word of God. If we have to be distant from the word, the basis is truth. The word of God should be our source the word of god should be what we are founded upon the word of god should be what we live we live by and we live in and when we talk about the word of god this is like a different topic when we talk about the word of god we're not talking about just the 66 books of the bible it is way bigger than that it is way larger than that that would be something else i will talk about probably in one of the episode god's marvelous grace has manifested in person bringing salvation for everyone this same grace teaches us how to live each day as we turn our backs on ungodliness and indulgent lifestyles and it equips us to live self-controlled upright godly lives in this present age i am not here to tell you that this is how you should live as christians that would make you distinct from the world but i'm here to tell you that the only way you can be distinct from the world is if you get your source right, if your source is from God, if your source is from Christ, and the the the, the basis of our source, the base of our life, the basis, um, the base that we should build our Christian image upon is the Word of God. That is the only solid foundation that we can have. Christ has called us to unity. He didn't call us to tell us that this is what you should do. This is not what you should do. He says that. By this shall all men know that you are my disciples, if you love one another. It is said that by this shall all men know that you are my disciples, if you you dress in this certain way. The base is love. God is love. The base is God. The foundation is God. The foundation is the word of God. Everything our Christian image should be built upon is God. So if we want to change people, I think we have to drop on trying to tell people this is the way to live. Teach them the word of God. Teach them and let their lives be transformed by the word of God. Let their minds be renewed by the word of God, and you will see the most amazing transla- tra- transformation. Sorry, there was amazing transformation that you have always hoped for. You will not have to stress about telling this person not to do this or to do that because they are and they've discovered what God wants themselves. It is not the kind of image that we've created in our minds that Christians should look like, but the image that God has in his mind. And the only way they could capture, the only way we could capture the image of, of Christianity that God has in his mind is when we are transformed by the word. When we're transformed, if our minds are transformed by the word. If we want to distinct wordliness from godliness, let's teach transformation let's teach people making them understand that it is about the source let's teach let's teach them the word of god that their life their minds may be transformed and we'll have less stress okay this is the end of this podcast episode i believe you've been blessed so by god's grace i hope we'll see you next month thank you for listening and god bless you